Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. We talk a lot about revival on this podcast. After all, it's called Revival from the Bible. But when we use that word, I mean, sometimes we are talking about personal revival as our souls are refreshed through the study of God's word together. But also throughout history, revival has uh, been a term used to something bigger, something that happens uh, on a a scale of a whole community or or a whole nation where there is a mass movement of people turning to Christ. And we get a glimpse of revival, I believe, today in our Old Testament reading. And we're going to see some of the makings of revival that we should pray and seek uh, to be replicated today. In the Old Testament today, we're looking at 2 Kings 18, 1 through 8, and 2 Chronicles 29 and 30. And as we look at these passages, we are introduced to King Hezekiah. And we'll look mostly at the account here in 2 Chronicles. But we see that he was a good king. Uh, in verse 2 of Second Chronicles 29, it says, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. Uh, so he, unlike his father Ahaz, who was idolatrous, he seeks the Lord. And we see some pretty amazing things happen in Israel. And so as we think through just four make four marks of a revival, uh, four makings of a revival that we see in these two chapters, the first I would point your attention to is leadership, and that really comes to King Hezekiah or comes from him. He clearly seeks the Lord and he leads other people to do the same. It says in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and assembled them in the square on the east and said to them. Now, just for starters, I love how this happens in the first year, in the first month of his reign. Right away, he is leading the charge in opening up the house of the Lord. And he says to them, hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. They also shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord came on Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror, of astonishment, and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us." My sons, do not now be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to be his ministers, and make offerings to him. So, what we see his clear leadership there in what he says. And that's where you should pray that God would raise up leaders like Hezekiah in our time to point people back to the Lord. I mean, we, we think of 
revivals throughout history, and we think of uh, men who led the charge in those revivals. Pray that God would raise up men like that today. And, and even just in your own church, just think of all the different forms of leaders that may be there. Pray for them. We see Hezekiah, he's leading the charge as the king, but also he is uh, getting the Levites to come because they had a role of leadership to play as well. So even some of you, you may be a leader in some capacity, influencing other people. God is calling you to lead people to the Lord and to faithfulness for him. Uh, the, the second mark uh, really that we see here of revival that even is talked about in Hezekiah's opening remarks is that of consecration. Uh, he calls these Levites to consecrate themselves and, and to consecrate the temple and all the instruments of the temple uh, for uh, this renewed worship. And that's what we see happening. They, they clean out the temple. You know, he says, remove the filth from the holy place. Um, that's what they had to do. And then I think when God's people uh, start consecrating themselves and getting the filth out of the holy place. Now, what does that mean? We, we don't have a temple, but what is the temple? Well, it's it's you, according to the New Testament. We as believers with the indwelling Holy Spirit are the temple of the Lord. And so when we get serious about removing the filth from our hearts, removing the filth from our uh, lives, uh, that is, I think, what God is going to use. I think many times revival will start really with purification within the church. As people consecrate themselves, confess their sin, seek the Lord uh, like never before. And then we'll see a third mark that really comes into these next couple chapters is worship. So leadership, consecration, and worship. Hezekiah restores worship in the temple. Even you see he gets the musicians out to lead worship. They celebrate the Passover, which we're not quite sure, but for some period of time, we don't know how long it was not being celebrated. Imagine America uh, just going years without celebrating the 4th of July. Um, that, that's kind of like them just not celebrating the Passover. Uh, that was a, a sad thing. And, and more than that, it was a disobedient thing because it was a feast that God had commanded them to keep. And so they, they keep it there in Jerusalem and even extend it for an extra week. And they extend the feast of unleavened bread, which we see in the New Testament was a symbol to remind us, hey, we don't want the leaven of sin in our lives. And hey, let's extend that uh, feast for a week. There's some interesting things that happen uh, in that chapter, starting in verse 18. It says, For a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise as prescribed. For Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. And what's going on there? It's basically saying these people, they kept the feast, but they, they weren't really ceremonially clean. Um, so what's going on there? Isn't that a big deal? Shouldn't they be clean? I mean, don't we see some examples where people don't worship God according exactly to his rules and laws, that that is not a good thing? Well, here we, we see, I think, kind of the reverse of a principle we see other places where uh, Jesus is like this with the Pharisees. We see this in the Old Testament when people would go through the ceremony, but their heart was not in the wrong place. So they would follow the external rules, but their heart was in the wrong place. God hated that. 
God condemns that. Jesus, I mean, he speaks in such strong words to the Pharisees about that kind of thing. And God even says, hey, I want obedience and not sacrifice. I want your heart, not just your rituals. Where here we see maybe the reverse of that, where these people's hearts were in the right place, but they didn't um, go through all the rituals. And I think that just backs up that principle that God is after our hearts, not just going through rituals or ceremonies. Now, uh, let's make sure it's noted, that does not mean that the ceremonies were unimportant. Uh, It seems that this was more of an exception to the rule where the expectation is you should be clean. And and that's probably what we want to work towards in the future. But for now, because even look, Hezekiah prays to God and asks for God to pardon this. So even that it is acknowledged as this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's not like it's excused as no big deal. No, they actually go to God and seek a pardon for this. And I think that furthermore reflects that their heart was in the right place. They wanted to keep the feast and they wanted to keep the rules. But in this case, with these people coming from the Northern tribes, it wasn't possible. And so they sought the Lord. Um, So that's under that umbrella as we're thinking about worship. Uh, Another element of revival that we see here is there is an invitation. And you see that Hezekiah, he sends things out to the northern kingdom, especially, and calls people to repent. I mean, he sends them out everywhere. It says, as the couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah, inviting people. But a lot of these were going to the northern kingdom. And that's even those tribes that are listed of the people who came and weren't ceremonially clean. They were from the northern kingdom of Israel. And so he is inviting everyone to come. And really, he's calling them to repentance. He says there in chapter 30, starting in verse 6, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hands of the king of Assyria. So he's calling them to repentance. He's calling them to turn or to return to the Lord. And that's where you see some clearly do. And they come to worship and some clearly don't. In verse 10, it speaks of uh, people who laughed and scorned and mocked the messengers. Uh, But that invitation goes out. And that's where if we want to see revival, guess what? You are the couriers. You are the ones with the message to call people to repentance. And some people will not respond well. But we pray that there will be some who turn to the Lord and seek to truly worship him. So leadership, consecration, worship, invitation. Let's pray for those things in our own midst. And speaking of praying for those things, and even specifically praying about that aspect of invitation, um, that brings us to our New Testament reading, Colossians chapter 4. And we see there early on in that chapter, starting in verse 2, he commands them, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And that's just a great verse. I think that really applies to everything related to prayer, that we should continue in prayer, that we should be watchful in it, and that we should be thankful in it. But then he gives a more specific prayer request that is related to evangelism, this invitation that is to go out to us, calling people to repent. He says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. 
Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So uh, as you think through that, he's clearly telling them to pray for him for an open door for the word. And he's also asking for clarity, that he would be clear. And he's instructing them, hey, you need to walk in wisdom. You need to make the best use of the time. Uh, You should be gracious and seasoned with salt, but seeking to know how you should answer each person. And so that's where I want you to pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Seek those open doors. Think a lot of people, they say they're praying for an open door, but really they're hoping an open door springs open and smacks them in the face. They're not really looking for open doors. I want to encourage you, look for open doors, walk in wisdom, make the best use of the time because you are the couriers. You are the messengers of revival. And if that message does not get out there, um, that's going to be a problem. When we get that message out there, though, I, I believe God is going to work. And he'll do the work, really, of revival. So let's pray for a real revival from the Bible in our midst. Let's pray for godly leadership. Let's pray that all of us would be consecrated to the Lord. Let's truly seek the Lord in worship. And let's get that invitation out there. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.